Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Podcasting from the top of the rocks. This is News on the Rocks with Patty Steele. Look, I've got lots of glasses. I have all this tequila. And Andrew's then a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> Elvis has a whole office filled with all kinds of drinks. So remember the last time we did this, <clears throat> and we won't talk about what happened to no, the we're great, gonna talk about that. The great lost podcast of 2019. We did this, and the first thing I said to you was, here's the great thing about doing my podcast. No one listens to it. And you were like, no, don't say that. And I really wanted you to understand that I meant that in the best possible way that it's kind of like nobody's listening because we can talk to each other the way you and I talk. Well, we will. On the phone, But, but keep couch, in mind, Patty, in I, don't mind, I don't mind if 10 million people are listening. I'm going to say the same fucking thing. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> I'm sorry, can we use the word fucking? Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah. All right. Those days are over, baby. Hey, did anyone like introduce me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Who are you? You're, that's, yeah, that's I'll your, tell you. Your, you don't want to tell everybody who you are. Go right ahead. We could play Who's My Guest. Uh, this is Elvis Duran. Morning Guru for Z100 Radio and across the nation on iHeartRadio. Talk about ourselves. <laughs> I feel very disrespectful in using the F word a second ago. Before anybody even knew who you were. Well, is it okay? To, I, I just don't want to come across as some jerk. Heathen? No, we're actually- I don't want to use foul language because someone will think I'm an asshole. <laughs> You stupid prick. Shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> no, you're fine. Can it, please explain to everyone that we have a relationship. Yes. We have a long time relationship. I actually discovered you. Well, that's not exactly. Discovered me doing what? Yeah. <laughs> doing afternoons at Z100. We've that's been, when I met we've you. We've been really, 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 really close friends since 1989. Oh. Holy crap, I was only two. How many cups of tequila are you going to pour? I did four because there are four people in the room. All right. So when you do this podcast, you yeah. typically have cocktails for your guests. Have you ever had guests that said, eh, I don't drink? Yes, I have. And I go ahead and drink anyway. And they appreciate, they actually get a laugh out of that. <laughs> Look yeah. at the old drunk lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm actually coming off a two week dry period. Is this I, your first drink in two no, weeks? No, no, no. I had, I, had, oh. uh, I had some wine last night. Okay, good. So I didn't want drunk. to be your, <laughs> this have Chin, your virgin moment. All right. So mm. you usually have uh, your, your guests lubed up with alcohol. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. What do you want to talk about? But I learned an interesting lesson. I did a podcast recently and we had to wait because our producer was engaged in something else. And I said, oh, well, let's just sit in this room and chat and we can drink a little bit while we're waiting. Cause I thought it was going to be like five minutes. Well, it was 35 minutes. And we were so sauced by the time we went in the studio. We're like, 
Yeah, so what is it that you do, actually? Was it a good podcast? Yeah, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. So what you almost told, and you didn't get to it at all, was Mm -hmm. we've done this interview, this podcast, and someone lost it. Yes. So Uh, we have a great podcast in a computer somewhere. We don't know where it is. Yeah, he will remain unnamed, Dave Plotkin, (laughs) at CBS Radio, actually, at 1010 Wins. And he is an incredible world-class sound guy. Except that he deleted our podcast and then threw out his trash in the computer and it was gone forever. Shit and happens. It was, well, it was funny because he went around and told everybody at Wins that it was like the greatest chat he had ever. He said, I felt like I had listened in on the most personal, most amazing chat. And he was telling everybody how excited he was about it. Gone. Well, then let's get going. Let's get going. We'll make this one even better. Well, oh my God, of course. 10 times. That was just practice for the real one, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. So, okay. I want to start with the beginning um, with you, which is a weird place to start. I don't know why we're doing that. But when you were a little tiny, little baby Elvis, like this big, um, were you, were you an awkward kid? What kind of a kid were you? I was a loner. Yeah, you know, and I've I've come to find out that a lot of people in this business were loner kids. Mm-hmm. I used my imagination. Yeah, when I spent a lot of time by myself because my parents worked, mm-hmm. and I'd come home after school and I had time alone. Right, and uh, I tried to fit in with Cub Scouts. I tried to fit in with softball and league and little league, and I never did. Why not? I just it wasn't you. It wasn't me. You yeah. know, and this is how I kind of know. I think I was different than all the other kids Mm -hmm. at an early age. And that turned into, look, yeah, I am different. I'm gay. Mm -hmm. And I was gay before I knew what gay was. I knew I was attracted. Yeah. In the Bible belt. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, I I knew I was, I've been different. All your life. All my life. And so now if ever, even at 55 years old, if I feel like I'm fitting in. Right. I feel like I'm making some sort of mistake and I should back off and not fit in. Oh, that's an interesting. Yeah, no, I I don't ever really want to fit in at 100%. You're not a conformist. No. Yeah, that's very interesting. In some ways I am. So were you a funny little kid? Yes. You know, I got that from my dad. My dad was hilarious. He loved Mm -hmm. to stand up and tell jokes and he would hold court with his friends and and, uh, we always had people at the house and my parents always had cocktail parties and my mm-hmm. dad was always standing in the middle of the room circled by his friends telling stories and jokes with a cocktail in hand <laughs> yes i learned how to make martinis for my aunts and uncles in, in air quotes when i was yeah. a little kid you know what's interesting about that you're because i kind of assumed that for a lot of people like you and um to a lesser extent me because I, I wasn't i was shy as a little kid but i was okay um i think that the humor is like a cover because then you can be somebody different. I mean, for me, it led me in in middle school and high school onto the stage because I was impossibly shy. But if I got on stage, I was fine. Well, and the same today is if you have a microphone in front of you. Right. Because I don't know about you, Patty, but I know that when I'm doing our show, right. I'll say things I would never say if I wasn't on air. I will admit to things on the air that I would never admit to off the air. You know who's really the the poster boy for that philosophy is Howard yep. Stern. Howard. <laughs> and you know Howard. I don't know him. Yeah. But yeah. I have heard that when he is off the air, he's a little different than the guy you hear he's on the air. He's way different. He is. Same uh, guy though, but just he'll, he'll say he's things differently. incredibly sweet, incredibly concerned about what's going on in your life. Just uh, he's a remarkably lovely person, which if you listen to him regularly, you might not always assume 
first thing that lovely is a word that would apply to him, but he really is. He's See, a, I can hear it. Even when he's yeah. having his, I want to be a tough boy guy, mm-hmm. you can also hear humanity. You can hear how he's very, very caring, mm-hmm. especially now he's involved with uh, Animal, Animal League, Animal League yeah. and, and his wife and kittens and cats. <laughs> I know it. That's not the Howard's turn I used to listen to years ago. Right. He just seems like a great guy. I wish I knew him better, but I will tell you, I'll admit mm-hmm. something to you. Right. I think I told you this. I was at a North Shore Animal League uh, dinner and I had too much to drink, but I had enough courage to go over and talk to him. And I said that- Maybe you had too much courage. <laughs> I, had too, I did. I said the dumbest crap. And like I walked what? Away. What did you say? I don't even want to say. I don't even remember. Oh, well. And I walked away thinking, that was so stupid. Stupid. And I told your husband, Steve, who's mm-hmm. friends with Howard, I said, I did this. He said, it's okay. Howard's used to it. People get nervous around him and they say dumb shit. Yeah. And I did. And, so I, and I'm, Well, it's funny because, yeah, you did tell it. me this. And Steve actually texted Howard and said that, you know, Elvis had uh, met you the other night and he felt uncomfortable because he, you had also taken some cold medication. Yeah, so it was Benadryl. Of, yeah. So my scalp was crawling and right I was on, drinking Oh God, wine. I know that feeling. And, and, and he said, his answer was, oh, not at all. Which made you even more uncomfortable yeah. because. <laughs> he was just trying to be nice. Right. Anyway, where it were sounds we? like that. You know, so when we get behind the microphone or when you yeah. got on the stage, when you were a little girl. Right. For some reason, something clicked. You had this, we have this extra edge mm-hmm. that we we can put out there. It's still us, right? but it's a little less filtered us. It feels like there is um, this kind of beautiful frosted window in between us and the other person. So we can create something that they want us to be as opposed to, or I don't know. There just feels like there is something less intensely personal than that face-to-face, just you and me in the room, no microphones, no cameras, no nothing. That can get a little intense, it's be- especially in the old days. I'm better at that now, but for many, you know many what though, years, Patty, I wasn't. And anyone listening to this podcast, like, as you said, all three people listening, <laughs> you know, you think about this. Are you ever around certain friends of yours or in certain situations in your life where you are less afraid to say what's on your mind than mm-hmm. you are in other situations? Oh, totally. So you can relate with what we're talking about. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, if I, if I get it, sometimes it's probably why I chose to do news on the rocks and not some other way of chatting, because if I can get a little loosened up, some of the inhibitions fall away and then I can say things also. Well, I'm on my fifth sip of tequila <laughs> and we just got started. I've just about polished mine off. So growing up, Patty, just like you, you know, yeah, there were, there were moments where I felt like I could be more myself than other moments, but they were both me. Right. It's just there's a filter that was lessened. So when did radio come into the picture? Did it come in? I mean, what made you think, I want to be on this as opposed to a kid that just calls the contest lines and wins prizes? All the time? Well, you know, when I was a little kid listening to the radio, I thought I was actually connecting with this guy or woman talking to me on the radio, the DJ, playing the songs, yeah. talking about the artists, giving away tickets to shows and albums and things like that. It's like, what a great way to connect to people. Right. And in a way they can say whatever they want. And yeah. back then you couldn't talk back to them. <laughs> you just, just get over whatever, whatever they said. Right. You can't say, well, you're an idiot because yeah, they're not going to hear you. They're <laughs> right. not going to hear you. Right. And so I was thinking back then, I guess in being such a shy kid, what a great way to be able to say what I wanted Express to say yourself. without someone saying I'm a dumbass. You know, or or making fun of me or whatever. So that was my 
my thinking was, oh, I could do radio and that's how I can connect with people so in when, a safe manner. When did you move into that exactly? When Just I went not, on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Well, how old were you? 14. 14. Actually, you know, I just ran the board at a local radio station. We had the Dallas Cowboys games. So I was in suburban Dallas. Right. We would run the games and I would be the one who would turn off the action and play the yep. commercials. And you know, I ran that. American Top 40 that way at a radio right. station. And I did that later too. Yeah. And I, when, I, when I was 15 years old, that's when I first started talking on the radio and I was awful. Luckily, I worked for a little radio station that no one listened to. It was the best training ground ever. Hello. Here we are again. Back <laughs> <laughs> full circle. Right. <laughs> and, but you know what? I learned, I started learning. I started learning going up from back then in radio you went from market to market to market to market mm -hmm. you had to, it was very nomadic and I kept moving around from Dallas to San Antonio San Antonio to Houston Houston to Atlanta those aren't Atl little markets Atlanta to Philadelphia then Philadelphia after Philly the only job I could find that was available was at Z100 in New York it's the only station oh, that wanted to hire me so imagine that but Patty I had never had any how old were you at that uh well you were you knew me so that was 1989 and I was born in 64 so 25 yeah so 25 69 89 60, <laughs> wait what year were you born 64 64 so 23 yeah, whatever so that's when I moved to New York right so do the math <laughs> 19, 1989 minus 1964. Go. That was no. in 30, 35. We were nowhere near. No. 25. <laughs> Hello. Talk about full circle. Back to what I said right off so, the bat. <laughs> but I, the only job I could get was at Z100 in New York. And I'd been to New York many times. What and I were they it. thinking? Well, I never ever thought in a million years I would live here in New York. Yeah. But I got a job at the premier top 40 radio station in the world. Mm-hmm. And I and then was, what did you do with it? I threw it all away. And, and, but I w and I was working for arguably one of the most the, one of the toughest radio programmers uh, in the business. Yeah, your husband. Tell me about it. I have to live with it. But you know what? <laughs> I never took my job that seriously. I was always drunk on the air and having fun. I never really knew what ratings were. I never knew any of that yeah, until I moved to Z100. You said in your book, and I thought that was, it was very, it was really charming. You said it, it was all just fun. It was like, you'd go to work, you'd have a blast and then you'd go party. And for the first time, someone said, wait a minute, you want to be successful here. You got to work at this. Yeah. I had to actually rise to the occasion of working at Z100 in New York. And if you're not into radio that much, you have to understand that Z100 is the uh, the Google of radio. It I mean, is. I don't it even still know. is. It still is. Yeah, what do you say? I mean, what do you call it? You so, it's the, it is, it sort of defines radio at its best and it has for decades. And Steve was tough. He was tough on everyone. Ugh. But he liked me and he he was cool with me. And, you know, and there were some days he would sit down with me and, and give me some uh, criticism. And I would think, oh, God, you know, I just, I'm just going to leave then. You hate well, me. Well, you and I've talked about that. You said you were in tears sometimes. I was. And, but, you know, one day he said, hey, man, calm down. You got the job. Just go in there and do it. No one's going to fire you. you. You got the job. Go in there and own it. Yeah. And I, I came to work sober. I got here an hour before I looked over my show prep. He, I would go over. Unless we had lunch. Unless we had lunch. <laughs> I, I would go through enough show prep to do 25 shows. Cause right. back then I was doing afternoons. You don't say that much. Yeah. You fill up the intro of a song. You then, were, you were, and, and still are, but you were in those days at that age, me at my age, 
you were a party in a body. It was, I'd never heard anything like it in my life and still haven't. There was nothing in the world like listening to you on the radio. It, it, if you can envision what it means to get in a convertible, have the top down, all the windows down, the radio blasting, and this guy on, there's nothing, nothing that I've ever heard that matches that. And I mean that well, thank you. with all my heart. I mean, I, you know, I love you as a person, but it, if I separate that out from you as this artistic object uh, that we've all made use of over the years, I mean, that's how I, I felt and feel about you. There is something that an ability you have to touch people in a way. It's funny. I, a couple of months ago, I uh, wasn't at work, so I got to listen to you because I do, do mornings as well. And it was a really simple thing. You were. What did you hear? You were in the car. You said you were in the car the day before driving to like a book appearance. And you said, I never really have to drive in traffic because I live really close to the station. And I, you know, I don't go in rush hour traffic very much. And you said I was headed out to Long Island and I was stopped. And you said, I looked out the window and I looked around and I saw everybody else is stopped. What are they all doing? What are they doing? What are you doing? And I loved that. You know why? Because it showed me how much you care about the people who listen to you. And everybody in the studio started chiming in with, well, sometimes I do this and we do that. And we, if I'm not listening to you, then maybe I'm listening to a podcast or hopefully news on the rocks or I'm, you know, or I'm listening to a book or I'm, you know, whatever it is. And I thought, you know, that's your magic is that you can take the simplest thing and you can make every this massive audience you have feel included. And I think, really, yeah, no, totally. Well, you always have. Well, thank you. I you mean, a compliment have, from you like that is. No, you always have. You've always been this guy who I felt. I mean, and sometimes I, you were talking to me because I'd be in the studio with you, but I always felt. You were talking to me. You were having a party with me. You were making me happy. You were telling me a great story. You were caring about what it was I was doing. And I think that's like the secret of who you are and really? what you mean to listeners. Well, see, I've always wondered. I, well, look, the, the bottom line is I just come in and be me. And just like you, when you do what you do on CBS FM, you just are you. I try to be. Why would we want to be anyone else? I mean, I, I, but you know what? Those, But in those early days at Z100, see, Patty, we worked together at mm -hmm. Z100. We were part of this family. Yeah. And so it was different. And we sounded, if you listen to old old shows, I mean, right. it's nothing like we sound now. It's no, a, it's, it's, very, a, whole different it's a different style. Yeah. Was, Back then it was, for me, it was screaming and, you know, you only had 10 seconds to say 30 seconds worth of something. So you have to edit it down. But it was happy. And it was, it was just, it was just, a f a f just so festive to listen to you. I love you. the word festive. I know. I, it was so festive to listen to you on the radio. And, and it still is. That's what's interesting. The, the way you communicate has changed. Well, this is, you know, 20 something years later, I think or it was 25, more. 30 years later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I came to Z100 in 1989. Mm -hmm. You've been here since 1987. End of 87. So, we all, so <laughs> we've been around for a while. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. 55 and you're 39. Yeah. yeah. You know Thank what? You. So our, our styles have changed. The right. things that we think about and things that are important to us have changed. Right. But I love coming in every day and still doing this. And mm -hmm. someone the other day said, oh, well, what are you going to do when you retire? Retiring is not 
And a I'll, possibility. Yeah. No, How about I, you? No, absolutely not. We're going to die at the microphone. I'm going to, well. Maybe one more um, maybe shot not. of tequila I mean, and I'll, I'll do it I'll die right when now. they like walk me out the door, but I would hope that. Hey, can I point something out? So in this room, uh, our producer, Diamond, how old are you, Diamond? 25. 25. And how old are you, uh, Andrew? My my assistant, Andrew, is 28. Mm -hmm. They couldn't care less about old-time radio. Don't you know what we've done? The road we've Hello, paved? Hello, it's history, children. People, they don't care. <laughs> well, They you, couldn't care less. But you know what? It's all a part of the evolution of us and of the business. Yeah. So care. Please. <laughs> Drink more tequila. Don't stop It makes caring. you more interesting. <laughs> anyway, so where were we? <laughs> what are we talking about? So, so uh, okay, so you make the transition to radio. Were your parents supportive of that? Yeah, always were. Oh, they were. Especially when I quit college and went into radio full time. That Because I remember telling my dad, my dad, I said to my dad, I said, dad, I'm going to go into do a business and I'm going to make money and send you and mom and around the world. He said, well, if you just get out of my ass pocket, I can afford to send myself <laughs> around the world. And then I knew... He was right. College wasn't for me. So I left college to, to get my first full-time job in at a real radio station, which was in San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. A station that no one listened to. What time of day were you on? Uh, nights. I did three hours. It's a three-hour shift from five to eight, six oh, to eight. So evenings. Seven, That's five good, to eight. Yeah. Five to nine? Six to eight is two hours. But five to nine. Five to nine. <laughs> you should have finished high school. I don't know. I didn't, never did well at math. So, and, and then they moved into the morning show. And that was my right. first taste of mornings in mm -hmm. a... In a large market. Right. And I loved it. Because in mornings, you, it's a get, whole different thing. you get to bring more people in. Yeah. And yes. not only did I have two or three people in the room, and I had Charlie Chalupa, <laughs> I had Linda Butch Garcia, <laughs> and then we had uh, the Power Pig who right, would come right. in. And then whoever was walking down the hall, we would pull them in and make them a part of the show. That's why I love mornings, because you can interact with other interesting people. In the afternoons right. at Z100, it was just me. Yeah. And the music. And I got yeah. bored doing that. But when you would come on, it was the only time I had a, had a chance fun. to be with someone. We did and then you would disappear. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, I also, because I was also doing other shifts there. So don't be mad at me for leaving you. That's the way it worked. Abandoned. But then, you, but then you decided to leave. Was it because you were bored just doing afternoons? I had an opportunity to leave Z100 and go be a program director. And I thought that was just that being a program director is you sort of, the, you're the director of, of the- You get to tell people what to do. I hated it. What a stupid yeah, idea that was. no kidding. But once again, I found myself out of a job and your husband was there to, to save me. So Steve hired me back at Z100 and I came back. Thank God. Yeah. I got How my old job back. That? Because in most cases, you you walk out and they say, don't ever darken the doorway again. <laughs> well, I darkened it. Yeah. And he welcomed me back and I will forever be uh, in his debt. And that was what what year was that? 91, maybe. I, I don't know. Somewhere in there. And you've been at Z100 ever since. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 30 years. Almost 30 years. And I keep thinking I'm just way too old for this radio station. I should be moving off to the old music corral. No, not at all. Because here's the beauty of you is that you surround yourself with people who are who infuse you with all of the the feeling and the information that that your audience needs. Younger people. And so Isn't you, it creepy being the old uncle? Come on, kid. No, it's not creepy. Prop up Uncle Elvis. It's not it's not creepy <laughs> if you celebrate it and you sort of steer the ship but allow them to create the atmosphere. Andrew, it's, you're twenty eight, you're too old. Get out of here. I think it's only when I need a twenty two year old. It's only when you become <laughs> obsessed with talking about what you're interested in. And you forget what your audience is interested well, in. Well, I, 
I try to mix it up because I still have to talk about the fact that I am a 55 year old guy. No, nobody's saying you should lie about who you are, but not be afraid to bring in thoughts that maybe aren't, don't play into your everyday experience. Well, well like you said, you're gay. You haven't had children. Doesn't mean you're not going to talk to people who have children or kind of explore like exactly. what they're going through. And whether- I can still get an erection. <laughs> Want to see? Watch this. Wow, that's incredible. You look down. Stand back. I don't know how big this thing's going to get. I do. Okay. So, you know, I have found that if you're 27 years old and you're a woman driving to work, you don't want to hear a 55-year-old guy talking about a hard wiener. You know what I'm saying? But I do it anyway. Well, that's not necessarily true. So how old are you again, Diamond? Do you want to hear like an old white guy talking about his wiener? He, she does. <laughs> Thank you. Well, she's, My girl. <laughs> well, she, well, she's fucked up. No, she's great. <laughs> it's a new era. Well, she's different. <laughs> anyway, where were we? So, well, we're just talking about you having a hard on. <laughs> and now my my mind has gone to all these other places. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, here's what I wanted. We talked about this in the great lost podcast of 1919 or 2019. Um a defining moment in your life. And at first you said, well, an aha moment. You said, I don't really have an aha moment. And then you told the greatest aha moment. And I think it sort of opened your thoughts because I, I don't know if you thought I was meaning just in radio or something else, but you told us about this moment when you were in a relationship that wasn't very happy and you were out in at your house in the country. Right. I was in a relationship with someone. It just was not working. He was not right for me. I was, and I was not right for him to be fair. Mm -hmm. And I just felt lost and sad and sad. I knew I had to end it. Mm. And, uh, by the way, I've never been dumped. I've always been the dumper, but anyway, (laughs) that's another story. (laughs) So I was sitting in that living room feeling sort of just defeated I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to move on. And, you know, and I, I, you know, even though I shouldn't be with this guy, he's here and, you know, who else could I get? Am I ever going to have anyone else? And I had this, like someone took a frying pan and beat me upside the head and said, well, it's that or it's an epiphany. Whichever you want to right? (laughs) I, uh, I realized I'm a catch. I'm a great guy. I'm actually a really great guy. I actually truly do love myself. And I know that sounds so cakey and so like, really? But I I actually, at that moment, realized how much I am a good guy. You had to offer. Yeah. You I I have my edges. Well, (laughs) we all do, but you, as you said, and this to me mitigates all the edges, you have an incredible heart and you deserve to be with someone who appreciated your heart. Hey, if anyone's listening to this podcast, obviously they're the same way because no one would sit through this shit unless they, <laughs> unless they appreciated people. But haven't we all been through that a little bit? Well, no, but no one, be, no one be, would be listening to this and you unless they had a big heart because th- they would see mm-hmm. just by listening to you that you are an amazing, amazing force, an amazing woman. And so if you don't have a heart, feel free to stop the podcast yeah, get now. Get out of here. Not yeah, wanted. Bye. So your question uh, was, do we Now want? we have no one listening. <laughs> We have one heart person. <laughs> one heart person. But you, you just asked a question, but aren't we all a little bit like that? What does aren't that mean? Aren't we all a little bit? Um, you know, I would like to believe that there are people. I don't know if I'd like to believe it. I have to question myself on that. But I would, 
I was going to say, I would like to believe that there are people who just, for whatever reason, maybe the way they were raised or whatever, just feel good about themselves from the time they're an inch tall. I don't think all of us feel that way. I think most of us go through periods in our life where we feel really insecure. We feel like shit. We feel like, how do I present this confident person to the world when in fact inside I I feel like I'm crumbling. Right. So I think a lot of us go through that. And so to me, the epiphany is when you look in the mirror and you say, you know what, despite all of my shortcomings and I could look in the mirror and point out plenty of mine, I have a right to be loved. I have a right to be respected and, and I have a right to expect the people around me to either love me or move on. Exactly. And I think that is a, it's an important thing to remember either, um, actually in both your personal life and your professional life. Hey, look, you know, if you are going through some awful, awful challenges in life yeah, and you get through them by lashing out at others and making them feel like they're a lesser of a person, my response to that is don't hang your shit on me. Right. Right. I'm doing okay. I'll help you. I'll sit here and listen to what you have to say and mm-hmm. give you some feedback if you want it or right. just be a sounding board, whatever. Right. But it, when it, I've learned in learning to like yourself, you do understand the power of the word no. Right. You understand the power of saying you're not for me as a friend or right. a partner. Get yep. out. Because that's showing yourself self-respect. That's hard though, isn't it? It is hard to do. But uh, you got to do it. Otherwise, people are going to walk all over you. And everyone listening to this, has the power to do that. You have the power to find the things within yourself that you do appreciate Mm -hmm. and use those as your energy and your permission to say to people, you're not for me. You're, you're not working out for me as a friend. So you got to go. So it's interesting you say that because in my, uh, perfect scenario, I love myself. I say, I'm not going to put up with this crap and they just kind of fall away. But do you actually have to like say, you know what? Take a hike. Well, you you're find, not you're not adding anything here. You have find way you you find ways to delete them from your life. Yeah, yeah. but I got to tell you, life is much better when you can try to get rid of that static mm-hmm. and those uh, those potholes in your road ahead. And you, you owe it to yourself. Hey, you young ones. Seriously, don't let people fuck around with you. So wait, there's more. While part one has dealt with Elvis's and a little bit of my beginnings, you're really going to want to catch part two. We're going to talk about everything from sex, anger, nature, and spirituality to the search for self-confidence, learning from pain, politics, and of course, the pandemic. Check out Elvis and Me part two on the next News on the Rocks. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.